0: Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. Turn to the back of your bulletins, and we're trying to give you practical tools, and this is very hard to to do, okay? So um, I have a lot of books and resources about Bible study and understanding the Bible, but most of them are multi-chapter, three, 400 pages. So uh, my goal is, as a pastor is really try to boil things down and get them to bite-sized pizzas, p- pizzas you yeah, know, pizzas too. Bite-sized pieces that we can. you can slide it in your Bible and you can kind of make sense of it. Because, uh, you know, you oh, where is my Bible? Oh, it's down here. my big one today. The Bible can be intimidating, right? This is probably the biggest Bible I own. And it's a study Bible. It has lots of notes and things in there. If you need a study Bible, if you're looking for one, this is the fire Bible. It's an excellent one. Uh, The spirit filled life Bible is another one that I have. I have a few different uh, study Bibles. But if you open the Bible and look at the table of contents, that's what we're going to look at in a minute today. That's What can be definitely overwhelming, it's like, where do I start? You know, there's so many books. And so open your Bible, if you have one, to the table of contents. And that's what we're going to address this morning to the best of our ability. But let's just do a little review here. And we came up with a definition of the Bible. And the Bible is... um, Let me turn my notes here. The Bible is a collection of God's words of life for all people at all times. Okay? It's a collection of God's words of life for all people at all times. We've been breaking that down and talking about what that looks like. It's a collection. It's not just one book. It's not just one author. It's a variety of books and genres and authors and styles and personalities, all saying this consistent, coherent message of life. And if you go to the next slide, what is this life that the Bible is speaking to us? Number one, letter L, life is found in obedience to God. If you're reading the Bible, you understand foundationally that life is found in obedience to God. So you'll read stories of God speaks and the people either obey or they disobey, all right? Letter I, if we disobey God, there are consequences. So you read through the scriptures and those times when people disobey God, they have to face consequences of their disobedience letter F, forgiveness is made possible through Jesus. And I I keep reiterating that if you read the Bible and you miss Jesus, then you miss the point of the Bible. All right. So you miss, so you miss the whole point of it. So forgiveness is made possible through Jesus. There are a lot of people that will read the Bible and that maybe don't believe in Jesus that miss that. And they, it becomes almost that religious weapon. It can, do more damage than, than, uh, help. So, uh, forgiveness is made possible through Jesus. So when you read stories about people disobeying people, suffering consequences, it points us to Christ that we need his help <laughs> that each of us, if we were put in that same situation, we'd make that same mistake. And so we need the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. And so that leads us to letter E every word from God draws us to Jesus. So this is a kind of a simple way for us to understand the, kind of the message of the Bible. If you were to give a Bible to someone that never read it, never understood it, you can kind of give them four kind of points of what the Bible is speaking to us today. Life is found in obedience to God. If we disobey, uh, there are consequences. Forgiveness is made possible through Jesus, and every word from God draws us to Jesus. This is another another way even to share the gospel with someone. You can just kind of share the gospel uh, this simple way. So we've talked through that we've discussed that we looked at life in the fall a few weeks ago and today we're going to organize the books of the Bible okay? I don't have slides for this. I was trying to work this and there's 66 books and it would have got really small so uh, I figured I would print it out. so it, I get, actually gave you all the notes today. I don't normally do that so but this is a resource you can tear off and stick in your Bible. And uh, I kind of broke down the uh, contents of the Bible into two sections, into eight chapters, and we're going to look at that for a few moments this morning. Sound good? Buckle up, get ready. This is this is Bible Bible lesson three hundred one today. All right. So the Bible is basically broken into two sections. We've heard Old Testament and New Testament. Basically, Old Testament referring to that old covenant of what God was doing with his people. In the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, he's uh, talk about the patriarchs, all right, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all these stories. And then we see in the New Testament is the new covenant, what Jesus brings to the table, what God's doing to restore and bring reconciliation and bring the ultimate fulfillment of his kingdom. So there's two sections of the Bible, breaking it into four chapters each. Chapter one. Okay, this is, if you look at your Bibles, and you can even do this, I give you permission to draw in your Bible today. All right, I always draw in my Bible. So, um, if you take, if you want to circle some of these groupings, this might be helpful for you when you open the table of contents to understand the kind of the, the organization of this a little bit. All right. And what I want to do, I want to take the order of our Bible that we have in our kind of Protestant Bibles today, and I wanted to kind of help us make a little more sense of that order, okay? So it's not necessarily a perfect organization, it's not a chronological organization. Okay, next week, Lord willing, I want to help deal with the history behind it. Because that's, I'd say that's the next thing is, okay, how do these different books fit in different orders? Because they're not in chronological order, all right? When I read a book, I like it to be in linear chronological function order, right? Anyone else like me? And uh, the Bible isn't necessarily written that way. It's not organized that way so next week i want to try to begin to tackle how do we make sense of the order and the history and the context uh around the uh, the bible and so chapter one dealing with genesis exodus five books okay uh also called the pentateuch or the torah uh, genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy chapter one okay I've, i've titled it creation calamity And covenant. Creation, calamity, and covenant. And the summary we put in your notes here is this God creates, humanity rebels, but God intervenes. A covenant of love and commitment is established between God and his people. Okay, let me read that again. God creates, humanity rebels, but God intervenes. A covenant of love and commitment is established between God and and his people. Okay. That's just a simple summary. All right. It doesn't cover all the details. All right. The book of Leviticus is in there and the book of number, like all these books that have a ton of stories and information. But if you kind of just did a little helicopter bird's eye view, the main idea is this. God creates people rebelled And God intervened on the scene, all right? So he established a covenant. So we remember the story of like the flood, right? The world was so evil that God had to intervene. And so the flood happens, but what happens after the flood? That God establishes a covenant with Noah, all right? So he says the rainbow is a sign that I won't do this again in this fashion. And so he establishes a a commitment, a covenant with his people, all right? And he does this again and again throughout the section. He, he will do it again with Abraham. He will tell Abraham to look at the stars in the heavens. And he says, number the stars. And Abraham's like, "One, well, I can't number the stars. And he's like, so shall your descendants be. And so he, be, he established this covenant, this commitment. And, and uh, that legacy even passed on to us today. Through faith in Christ, we become that part of that lineage of Abraham. And so creation, calamity, and covenant. Five books, the first five books is chapter one, okay? Chapter two, there's a lot of books there. Joshua all the way through Esther, okay? So you just take, if you look in your Bibles and you just circle or you put a line there, Joshua to Esther, that's kind of the second grouping. Again, not necessarily in chronological order, some of those books, you'll say that, oh, they're repeating stories and they're giving different emphasis, they're giving different types of details and saying different things. They're all speaking about the title of this Kings and Kingdoms. Kings and Kingdoms. God raises up leaders to lead his people. Leaders become kings, and kings build a kingdom. Okay? Disobedience and rebellion lead to a divided, a defeated and a destroyed kingdom. But through it all, God remains faithful to his covenant with his people. You see the the kind of this common pattern going on here. Let's read it again. God raises up leaders to lead his people. Leaders become kings and kings build a kingdom. Disobedience and rebellion lead to a divided, a defeated in a destroyed kingdom. But through it all, God remains faithful to his covenant with his people. So we reread the story of Joshua. God raises up after Moses, leads them to the border of the promised land, but God raises up Joshua to lead them into the promised land. So he raises up a leader. And then he raises up different leaders called the judges all right and so they they help lead the people but then the people of Israel see all the kings around them the nations around them are powerful and rich and they are all led by a king and so they they said we want a king too and God's like well I'm I'm really your king but if you want a king here you go but uh he, he gives them warning. A king's going to tax you, and a king's going to want you to fight for him. A king's going to want you to do this stuff. And and so they begin to have kings and develop this kingdom, and they eventually disobey and rebel against God, and that kingdom is divided, and then that kingdom is actually exiled into a foreign land, and that kingdom is destroyed. And so a lot of that story is is all this happening. The kingdom is rising the kingdom is disobeying and back and forth different kings and the kingdom falls the people are scattered and then the people begin to kind of trickle back into the land back, back into the kingdom and, and we're kind of left with the, what's going to happen you know we're kind of left with the, at the end is what is god going to do what what's going to take place but through it all we see god remains faithful to his covenant with his people that's chapter two Chapter three. If you like poetry, you will love chapter three, all right? I'm not a, I'm not a huge poetry kind of guy. Some people really like, like poetry. Wisdom, worship, and wonder. Wisdom, worship, and wonder. Here we have Job. We have Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs, or maybe your Bible says Song of Solomon, okay. Here's here's a, a summary of that timeless words of wisdom, worship, and wonder are provided for God's people. Okay, timeless words of wisdom, worship, and wonder. Do you know that the book of Psalms was actually the kind of the song book of the people of Israel? It's really neat to as you read that. Think about, well, think about that in a different language. It would have been written in Hebrew and it would have been primarily sung, you know, or put to tunes of different instruments. So we read it, you know, the Psalm 23 is this, you know, kind of a a psalm we read at funerals, but it wasn't a funeral psalm. It was a song they sang at at their kind of their, their church, their temple. And so the book of Psalms was these poems and these songs that were written in prayers that people were expressing their heart to God, So, timeless words of wisdom, worship, and wonder provided for God's people. Wisdom begins with obedience to God. God is worthy of all praise and adoration. God's ways are higher than our ways. Okay, think about the book of Job. Job is going through this turmoil in his life. He feels like things are falling apart, but he learns that God's ways are higher than his ways. God's in control, that he can trust him no matter if All of his circumstances look like they're out of control. God's still in control. God's ways are higher than our ways. And God loves you more than you know. God loves you more than you know. Think about the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. It's this beautiful story. Um, actually, the, uh, some rabbis uh, kind of outlawed it and didn't allow people to read it because it was kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of on the erotic side. It's on the, it's, you, have you never read the Song of Solomon? Um, you might want to read that this week and see, you know, the, the Bible has all kinds of interesting uh, 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 truth in there, okay? But here's a story and a picture of God's love for his people. All right, it can be used figuratively. It's talking about this this man his love for his his wife there and God's love for for each and every one of us. So God loves you more than you know. Wisdom, worship and wonder, okay? Chapter 4, another large chapter is God's messengers. These are all the prophets, Isaiah all the way to Malachi. Okay? In the midst of success and failure, God speaks to his people through his messengers, the prophets. Okay, so if you go to chapter 2, kings and kingdoms, you see that the kingdom is rising and going down, and good kings, bad kings, and you know the kingdom's kind of like going like this, and then all of a sudden it's defeated and it's scattered. Well, throughout that time, God's sending messengers to the people, and he's speaking to them. He's correcting them. He's reminding them. He's encouraging them, and then he's giving them hope, all right, because they were kicked out, they were exiled, and then they're just like, what's going to happen? And God's speaking hope to them hold on, you know, my kingdom will not end. My kingdom lasts forever. And he reminds them of his promises that he will never neglect his covenant for them. So in the midst of success and failure, God speaks to his people through his messengers, the prophets, speaking words of warning, encouragement, correction, and hope. Warning, encouragement, correction, and hope. I was reminded today as we prayed with our leaders this morning before church started that, uh, we've been just, there's all kinds of, you know, just this video of the human trafficking, there's all kinds of things going on in our society. And if, we're, if we're not careful as, as God, as Christians, if we're only focused on, you know, I go to church and that's my religion and that's my only definition of my faith, then, then we could be missing out. Okay. Cause the people of Israel they got so temple focused that, you know, they, they gave the offerings and they did the sacrifices and they did their songs and that was to them, I'm I've followed Yahweh enough, you know, I've done all these religious things. But there was all kinds of social issues around them that people, you know, were was lying and stealing and sleeping around and this and that and and they just kind of put a blind eye to it or they participated in it. And so God brought judgment upon uh, Jerusalem, upon the people of Israel. And so it's a reminder to us today that Man, coming to church is awesome. We love to worship. We love to pray. We need to hear God's word pr- preached and taught. But we also need to make a difference. We need to take our faith and have it be a part of our life. So helping others and reaching out in our communities and reaching out at in our, in our workplaces and in our families and raising up families who love Jesus and love the Lord. And so God's messengers were helping to remind the people, all right, yes, you're doing these sacrifices, you're doing these offerings, but keep you know, living it out, walk, walk out your faith, walk out your faith in the Lord. So that's section one, that's the Old Testament, and let's do section two, the New Testament.
1: <clears throat>
0: four chapters. Chapter five, Jesus, God's good news of great joy. God's good news of great joy. After centuries, here we go, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all right, four Four books of the New Testament. After centuries of defeat and darkness for God's people, God visits his people by sending his son, Jesus. Jesus proclaims that God's kingdom is here to bring salvation, healing, and restoration. By his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, Jesus establishes a new covenant with his people and unleashes the power of God's kingdom upon the earth. So that's what we see happening in those first few books in the New Testament. Chapter six, the church, God's good news agents. We see this in the book of Acts. With the resurrection of Jesus, God sends his spirit to birth, empower, and release his church to be his good news agents. That's what you are. That's what we are. We are his good news agents, Paul says, we are Christ's ambassadors. I remember that old group we used to have in the church, Christ's ambassadors. We are... No? Oh, that was a different song. Well, it was called Christ's ambassadors, right? CAs. Pastor Paul, yes, it was. He's like, yeah. God's good news agents, Christ's ambassadors. In the span of a few decade, decades and in the midst of severe persecution... Okay, I think persecution's coming again to our land. It's already happening around the world, but back then, severe persecution. His church begins to turn the world right side up as they spread God's good news to both Jews and non Jews or Gentiles. Chapter 7, the largest chapter in the New Testament. Messages to the church. This would be maybe similar to the prophets of Israel of of the Old Testament. It would be the New Testament letters to the church, chapter 7. Romans all the way through the book of Jude. God speaks to his church through various church leaders providing spiritual oversight, theological instruction, practical training, and necessary correction. Okay? So he speaks to his church providing spiritual oversight, theological instruction, practical training, necessary correction. Romans all the way through Jude. And the last chapter as we're coming to the end, chapter eight, visions of the end, the book of Revelation. In the midst of severe persecution and struggle, Jesus reveals or unveils to his church visions of the end of this age and the beginning of the age to come. An amazing eternal promise awaits those who faithfully endure to the end, but a final eternal judgment awaits those who do not. So, eight chapters, the Bible. You can take that uh, piece of paper, stick it in your Bible. It helps you remember kind of not just the overarching story, but you see some of the specifics. And as you're studying the Bible, you can refer to this. Okay, I'm reading Isaiah now. What, what is God doing in, in this part of, of his scripture? And uh, would you go ahead and show this last video, please, Tammy? This is a really serious one, too, so pay attention. Oh.
1: One, two, three. These are the books of the Bible. When we read them, it makes us stronger, and we learn about our heavenly Father. When we read all the books of the Bible. These are the books of the Bible. When we read them, it makes us stronger, and we learn about our heavenly Father. When we read all the books of. Then a story about a girl named Ruth. A first and second Samuel First and second Kings First and second chronicles. We're talking about history. There were a couple of guys who were hungry some good. We got Ezra, Nehemiah. They helped build a wall around the neighborhood. We got Esther, Joe, and Songs. The books of the Bible When we read them it makes us stronger And we learn about our Heavenly Father When we read all the books of the Bible These are the books of the Bible When we read them it makes us stronger And we learn about our Heavenly Father When we read all the books of the Bible And then we got the books of wisdom We got Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon He was a wise king then we're moving right along to the majors. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel got thrown in the lion's den. Buddy, wasn't alone. law? with him. And then we got the minor prophets. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Gas. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John These are the Gospels Go and make disciples Go! Make disciples Acts and Romans First and Second Corinthians Galatians and Ephesians Philippians and Colossians First and Second Thessalonians Timothy 1 and 2 We got Titus, Philemon, and Hebrews James Then you got John. He was a revelator. He wrote one, two, three, and then you got you. Let's close it down with Revelation.
0: Jack, I think next time you and I can do that, what do you think? Books, hey, Jesus, the books. The... <laughs> Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you today. Thank you for your word, its truth, its life. Help us, to <coughs> help us to read your word, to understand it, and most of all, help us to obey, to apply your word to our hearts, to our lives, to walk it out each and every day not just to be Bible thumpers or Bible believers, but Bible livers today, the people who live out God's word in this society, in our culture, Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd transform us from the inside out by your word, by Jesus Christ coming and changing us. So Lord Jesus, help us to do that. Help us to understand, to grasp, and to obey. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great rest of your Sunday.